Hello, I'm Guillermina Gonzalez, Executive Director of the Delaware Arts Alliance, your host for today. And with me, I have a good friend, uh, Beth Brodowski. Beth is uh, the owner and president of Iris Creative. Uh, I would say that it's a marketing Beth company or, or a yes. creative company. Mm -hmm. Um, so, well, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know what? In these difficult times, when organizations really need to put their act together, sort of speak, um, it is important to convey a, more of a, a, a business-like marketing message, maybe. And I thought that is, uh, based on your experience, might be a, a good idea to share things that you've done with art organizations and uh, see if they can get an idea or two and, and be able to apply that um, to improve messaging, to improve marketing and the like. So tell me your experience. Um, is it important for art organizations to have a marketing approach or it's just quality is enough? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be a wonderful world if just quality right. was enough and that, you know, you could just exist and it would attract the right people? Uh, I mean, <laughs> we, all, happen. we all want that, but right. but it doesn't really happen. Um, and it, it, I heard somebody say once something that I thought was really, really brilliant, that if you're an organization that relies on what shows up at the door, you know, mm -hmm. referrals that a lot of businesses might say, or just, right. you know, I've opened my doors and people are coming, you then become what shows up. Mm -hmm. You become like whoever shows up at your door, you tend to start then adjusting and presenting for, you know, who's, who, you know, who's, who's giving us money today? Who's mm -hmm. around now? And the next thing, you know, you, as I say, have been pulled off your center that you then end up becoming something that somebody else necessarily wants you to be, as mm -hmm. opposed to really making some strategic decisions about what you want to be and where your growth wants to come from. Okay. So if uh, an organization uh, in the arts world detect that uh, something has to be done, mm -hmm. Um, what, in your experience, is the first uh, symptom of needing a more of a marketing business approach and then how you enter the picture as a consultant? Absolutely. So I really, I think that's a great question. No, the well, idea of what's the first symptom. I think that's really, really brilliant. So I feel like the very first symptom that your people will see is a struggle with participation. Okay. That they start to so feel you see that a things declining are hard. Attendance. De declining attendance, declining enthusiasm too. Okay. Just and it's not just attendance that all of a sudden you discover, gosh, it's harder to get the candidate that I want to accept a job. Mm -hmm. That volunteers are maybe not as reliable as they used to. That there's churn in your giving. That mm -hmm. somebody maybe gives once and then doesn't give back. And, and that's, that's what we say that participation mm -hmm. is about kind of three things. First, mm -hmm. it's attracting the right people, the people that are really the kind of people that are in alignment mm -hmm. and, uh, and excited about the kind of things that you want to do and are good at. Mm -hmm. And then once you get them, you've got to do this part in the middle, which mm -hmm. is getting them to show up, stick around and get involved. And then the third part 
is really identifying what are what we call desirable actions. Mm-hmm. What are the things that at your organization you need people to be doing for you to thrive, mm-hmm. for you to sustain yourself, grow, and attract more people like them? So that's really where we start to see the very first symptom is going to be, wow, it's getting really hard. We're not getting people opening our newsletters. We're not getting people showing up at our events. We're not, mm-hmm. our, all of these little things are all signs mm-hmm. that, uh, that something's off. Right. Um, okay. So that's, that's, uh, the first thing you begin detecting. Now, um, I heard in occasions that, uh, quality, a good programming is more than enough to bring people at the door and then we'll make the magic. Do you agree with that assessment or maybe not, or maybe a combination? I think it's a combination because the reality is, Uh, you've got to bring people in, but you've got to get them mm-hmm. to, to really thrive. You've got to bring people in mm-hmm. and then get them to stay and get involved. Mm-hmm. And so if your programming is and your product is lousy, it's no different than a for-profit business. If you have a lousy product, mm-hmm. people might buy it once, but they're not going to buy it again. And they're not going to tell mm-hmm. their friends that they need to get it too. And for something to really grow, you need those things. You need both the attraction value, mm-hmm. you need the engagement value, and you need the the adoption. That Really, that space where people want to grab somebody else's right. hand and drag them over and say, you've got to be here too. <laughs> right. So that's, that's really that sort of branding space that we like right. people to get to. But the challenge of getting there is that sometimes the you know, what's created is created very insularly. It's created basically by a bunch of people in a room that go, this is great. Mm-hmm. And they never really look at that against their audience. They never, they never match up who they're talking to and who they're trying to provide right. this program, this so product, this service So it's a passion of a few that does not necessarily translate to the, the passion of the audience. Exactly. exactly. How do you make that connection? Because they, they are well-intentioned and certainly mm-hmm. they want to attract people because there's quality maybe in mm-hmm. their programming, but it's not resonating. It's, it's not resonating. And that could be for a couple of different reasons. So mm-hmm. one could be that that they have this wonderful thing, but that they haven't communicated it well. They haven't really figured out how mm-hmm. to pull it out of um, their language. I call it connoisseur language. You know, mm-hmm. if you are an expert in something, a thought leader, mm-hmm. then you tend to talk um, insider language using a lot of jargon that you don't even realize is jargon mm-hmm. or terminology or just speak to it at a level that the people that are already in the club think it may be awesome, but new people coming in, Um, Sounds it becomes like a wall. strange language. Yeah, it's like, I don't even know. They don't get it. So they haven't thought about where they want to be speaking in this connoisseur language and where mm-hmm. they want to be speaking in, I call it consumer language, mm-hmm. open language, accessible language. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody writes everything every day like they're applying for a grant application. You know, it's right. all long words and complexity because when you're good at something and you know something, you want to sound like an authority. You want to be smart. You want to talk to the people that are you know, they get you, but right. it can be very difficult to attract new people. Is that when you're why only scholars that are so hated sometimes? Yes. Right. <laughs> well, I was, so, but it's why, it's why you get eye rolls if nothing else, you know, right. it's that it's like people can't parse the language. So some of it's that you've got a great thing going, but you haven't figured out how to communicate what it is. The other problem is sometimes you haven't been focused. Mm-hmm. And I think more often than that, this is the problem is that people want to be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. So they want, pe- they want to be loved. They, they want people to see what they see. So they just project out everyone. And they think that the best way to grow 
is to have more people know about them, that that awareness factor. Mm-hmm. If more people were aware of us, then we would get what we wanted. And it's not the case. The reality is, is it is absolutely not the case. You have to pick and choose then. You have to stay focused. And you've really where you really need to be is you need to make sure that you've matched up mm-hmm. An audience mm-hmm. that is, uh, you know, the breadth and size and depth that that, that can keep you alive mm-hmm. with something that's unique and distinctive about you. One of the things that I say a lot is that people like to talk about what's true instead of what's truly distinctive. Mm-hmm. And they get really stuck on things that they may that maybe the inside team, the, the executives, the board love right. about the organization and don't really want to look at what their audience cares about. Or sometimes the audience that they've attracted is so broad, they're trying to make every single person mm-hmm. in their audience happy all the time. Mm-hmm. doesn't work. Is that where the work of a consultant like you makes sense? To kind of challenge the, the notion that, hey, we are so loved, we mm-hmm. are so clear that I don't know what's happening. Right. Um, of course, I would say yes, absolutely. And the reality is, it's really hard to see this stuff on your own. It's really hard to see it inside. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to even do research. A lot of people say, well, we just sent out a survey. Well, chances are a couple of things. You may not have designed the survey properly. You might have asked, we call them leading questions. Mm-hmm. Like, Super how much bias. do you love our organization? <laughs> right. uh, you know, or maybe you ask those questions of people that are only, you know, your we call them your zealots. You know, the people, right. you know, people have a tendency to only look at the people that love their organization to understand. That is not objective. From, from a research it's, standpoint, it, that is not mm-hmm. objective information right. coming in. Exactly. And then the other the other group that people always really want to hear from are the people that um, either have left them because they're unhappy or have never showed up at all. So the, the unaware audience and the unhappy audience. Mm-hmm. And the challenge of that is then you get you get the other extreme. You get the people you're trying to go after. Hey, okay, you've never rocks. heard of us. Tell us you've never heard of us. You've been out playing baseball and we want to know what would make you love the arts. And they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you could have a baseball tournament on your you know property or in, you know, it's like you get these ran- it's randomness. And, right. and when you start your research, mm-hmm. start trying to understand that stuff by going out to the masses. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to miss the stuff that's making the people that are already involved care about you. So uh, how do you stroke a balance in between uh, in between the unknown and the known and how you make that an objective piece of information that allows you to eventually make pertinent decisions? That's that's a really, really good question. And it's hard. I wish I could say, well, you do this, do this, do this, and there you go. It's and no each problem. organization is different at Every the organization is different. But it does even though every organization is different, there is a process that people can go through to begin mm-hmm. to understand this. Mm-hmm. And with us, it really starts with understanding this audience, really looking at who you have, looking at why they're there mm-hmm. and understanding your people. And that's sort of stage one. And then stage two is understanding your message. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a combination of doing things like competitive research and looking at what you what other people are saying and being being willing to look at who's a real competitor. Mm-hmm. You might be a museum. And the reality is, is that a competitor to somebody coming and getting involved with your museum is the fact that their kids are in soccer right now. 
So a museum might no, never say, oh my gosh, soccer, like we're an arts organization. Soccer is not a competitor. No, it's about leisure but it time. Could be. It's about leisure it's exactly. time. And so. while we engage and keep thinking about that, uh, Beth, let me re-engage with the audience to let them know that you're listening into uh, 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOB for the Delaware State of the Arts radio show. Our guest today is Beth Bradovsky, president of Iris Creative, and the topic is why art organizations require, need, or suggest uh, a marketing approach. Uh, quality is not enough. Good programming is not enough. Uh, that may be the beginning, as uh, Beth indicated, but that doesn't keep the romance going on. Right. Absolutely. And so what do you need for the romance? So, and that's the interesting thing that we're talking about, a, a marketing approach. And really what people need to make sure that they're doing is that they don't, um, as I say, have a seizure of marketing, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's very easy to go, oh my gosh, we're having a problem with participation. We're having a problem with attendance or, or membership or donation. Let's create a flurry of stuff. Let's, let's go crazy on social media. Uh -huh. Let's, let's start doing all the things, you know, and, and that's, I mean, first of all, it's great. It's great to take action, but if you're taking that action with, without direction, you could end that's up spending an, an awful point. lot of money right, and, and not get anywhere. Let me ask you one question then. Um, is, does it make sense to go to a marketing approach for any organization if, you don't have a strategic plan in place. Do you recommend doing that? Um, I don't know. What's what's the, the best approach in this? Do you have to stop by a strategic mm -hmm. plan and then implementing a marketing plan? Or you can just go ahead and promote your, your stuff, right. your organization. You tell me. Okay, so in, in the ideal world, mm -hmm. we we have found the most success with organizations that have mm -hmm. just been through strategic planning. Mm -hmm. And then we begin working on the what we would call branding is the aspect. Okay. Now, branding is a weird word that not everybody so really knows what it means. putting the cherry on the cake. Exactly. But the branding is the piece that we say is the bridge between your mission and your vision. Mm -hmm. So you have an organization, you have a mission statement that's there. Well, in our experience, a lot of those things have been like written like group projects. We And they have like, <laughs> like 19 commas in it because, well, Bob said this and he's on the board and we've got to get that in there they're, they're tough and they're not always worded in a really engaging way that attracts people right. and then you have this vision statement that's like hey we want to get to this point at some stage but the audience the public in the world how do you connect them with the why right your mission statement's really very much about what you're doing you find yourself sometimes in need of stopping uh, one of those board of directors that uh, they think they know but they don't yes we get that a lot is people often will say well we know or well you only need to, to interview us and that's you know we're going to be able to tell you that but right. it doesn't work it really really doesn't work because you're all the people that are on your board the people that are in your staff they're already they're the zealots they're that zealot group and the thing i always tell people is everybody wants the passionate people that are super involved in their right. organization absolutely true but imagine those people just think about who they are in your organization mm -hmm. they're also a lot of work you know they're often people that'll say i'm so involved i want you to do this imagine if you took your organization and filled your whole organization with people that had that level of passion it's actually exhausting <laughs> you need you know it's it's i mean you want the passionate people you want the things that are there for them but you actually need a mix of people in your organization so the balance uh, who brings that balance the executive director somebody within the organ who who needs to who? play the role of okay this is what's going to happen i hear you but mm -hmm. that 
mm-hmm. doesn't apply. I hear you, but that doesn't apply either. That's a good exactly. idea. That is the perfect question. And that is exactly it. In all of the work that we've done, I also do a podcast of my own called Driving Participation all around this topic. Mm-hmm. And I've spoken to about 150 different people from consultants to executives to mm-hmm. development people to all kinds of people in the nonprofit space. The number one thing that they mm-hmm. have said that has led to their success of participation in their organization is what they call leadership buy-in. Now, what, what do I've, you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, so that's the thing. I've really, really thought about that term. That's what people say. And this is that difference between consumer language and connoisseur right. language. What they really mean is this idea of what I call championship. Mm-hmm. The organizations that have been successful in attracting energy, mm-hmm. attracting energy that helps them thrive, are organizations where that leader is out in front of the process. They are actually pulling everybody along and saying, this is the way we need to go. Come join my vision. They have a manifesto mentality. Which doesn't necessarily translate into a popularity contest. No, it does not. So you have to have guts. You have to have... <laughs> Some people call it's it differently. Tough. It's really tough. Yes, exactly. <laughs> guts is the word that we can use on the radio. But that's the thing. Without a leader spearheading mm-hmm. this vision of this organization mm-hmm. and, and not getting themselves completely stuck all the time, right. the, the staff needs to focus on the mission. The leader needs to focus on the vision. That's a good way of putting it. And that equally applies for uh, art organizations. Absolutely. Again, good, uh, fantastic programming doesn't necessarily translate into a marketable organization. Now, how do you apply this concept, Beth, uh, to individual artists that are a different kind of entrepreneurs, but sometimes uh, the understanding of being an entrepreneur is not there. So one thing is to talk about organizations But the marketing approach, do you think that is needed also for individual artists? I think that's such a great question. And I am an entrepreneur myself in, in, I mean, we run a creative firm. So I have gone through that process myself of uh, being a designer that went out on my own and started Mm -hmm. a business and wanted everyone to love me and was very personal, took everything so personally in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I wanted people to like me. And that is a very, very expensive marketing <laughs> place to be, you know, because you end up, I mean, I used to it's do things like, oh you're, oh, you're not happy. Exactly. It's easier to get a shrink because <laughs> I wanted everyone to like me and I wanted everybody to be happy with How me. How did you overcome that situation? Pain, a lot of pain and a lot of mistakes and, and, and forgiving, like just keeping moving forward and mm-hmm. getting more and more focused and honestly getting training getting education and getting a mentor, getting people that knew more about entrepreneurship, knew knew more about sustaining a business Mm -hmm. than I did into my world and into my life and learning what, do I want to be in business more than I want to be right, more than I want to be loved? And what am I willing to adjust about what I do and what I say and how I work? it's difficult for an artist because at the end of the day, it's very personal. It's Mm -hmm. it's a creative process that comes from within. So you're asking people to... Buy into you. It's hard. Right. Mm -hmm. So you believe then that they need to have uh, individual artists. They require also a marketing approach. They still need to think about this and they need to think about themselves. If they they care about Mm -hmm. doing art full time and getting paid for it, the challenge then becomes, you know, how do you how do you then package that and to be willing to accept that that is true, that they need to find their audience. Mm -hmm. They need to understand 
who who values them and then they need to evaluate in the work that they're doing because with mm-hmm. an artist you can't say well you need to change your product to appeal to an artist that's no, not why that's they the went way, into that, it that, that's an expression it's a continuity it's, it's a continuation exactly. of their own persona and it truly is this whole thing so what they need to do is really be clear and start to understand who's coming to them, who likes them, who is easy, who is saying, this is exactly what I Mm -hmm. want. And how do they understand that person and what that person wants and find other places where those people are? You know, if you discover that, you know, your primary base of people that have bought things from you or evaluated Mm -hmm. from you, or maybe like tech geeks, who knows what it might be, then maybe you don't show in you know, places where that's not where they are. Maybe, maybe you make sure that you're getting exposure. To your point, it's happening nowadays that many um, various organizations and various individual artists uh, show their art online. Mm -hmm. Right. So they have a portfolio that you can check online and and that requires of a different set of skills because one thing is to be, uh, you know, a sculpture and, and you enjoy doing that, but how do you sell that particular thing so people and the rest of the world knows that you have this quality product? That's that's very hard. Yeah, it's very much like, you know, you're taking a skill of somebody that's wor- used to working in the physical world, mm-hmm. touching materials and fibers and, and everything and, and doing things mm-hmm. with their hands. And then now all of a sudden to be successful with that, they've got to connect to people digitally. Not every artist is comfortable with that. And right. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I've it's seen really that. hard. So there's a couple Before of things. Before I forget, yeah. you know what? We need to connect people with you. And oh. why don't you share? Beth Rodowski, we're having this, this intense conversation, <laughs> but uh, might more than one might need to connect with you. Why don't you share how they can do so? Fabulous. So um, my company is called Iris Creative. That's I-R-I-S. And the website is iriscreative.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have this podcast that I was talking about, which is Driving Participation. And you can find that on iTunes. You can find that if you go to our website, Iris Creative, you can find me there. And my email is just beth at iriscreative.com. And trust me, as a marketer, I am all over social media. So if you look for me on LinkedIn or Twitter, it's all You're the same way. Find you beth. can't miss me. The beauty of having what? an unusual last name. There you go. And, and uh, almost uh, uh, again, as uh, when, when you have fun time is not enough so we don't have enough time but i'm glad you shared your contact information so people get in contact with you in need of connecting the arts with um, a marketing approach and the likes thank you very much thank you